Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the spring. My name is Roger. I'm one of the worship leaders here. I just want to thank you for coming and spending part of your weekend with us. Uh, before we get started, I do want to direct your attention to the bulletin. There's an attendance sheet in here. Uh, please fill it out with whatever information you're comfortable sharing. It just helps you get connected here and us to know who is with us this morning. And uh, with that, would y'all stand and join us in praise and worship?
those who are holding on to us. Help us just for this time that we are together, that we would be able to open our eyes, that we could see the work that you're doing in our lives. Help us, Lord, to be the people, to follow you, to know that no matter what's going on, you are with us and you are holding us. In your awesome name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Isn't it good to have uh, Angel and Roger and Addie back today? Aren't they fabulous? Um, Angel... Angel told me that she had been sick and actually in the hospital, um, and she's better now. She's on the mend, and we're going to blame Brent for not telling us. Does that sound good? Okay. I'll call him after this. He's in trouble. Um, but we're glad you all are back and uh, playing with us today. Um, so we're continuing today, and we're going to read in Romans chapter 8. Somebody get your Bibles out or just follow along here on the screen. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we do not know what we should pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Can you pray with me? Good and gracious God, as you have poured out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, Lord, we ask that you bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts to be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. So we are continuing in this sermon series of the best summer ever. And so I wanted to talk to you today about the best place on earth, which obviously would be Disney World, right? Anybody else think that? Okay, Joshua does. He has his hand up. Well, you know, you've, you've seen it on TV when there's somebody that wins, um, I don't know, the Super Bowl or the World Series or some big thing, and the reporter goes and they ask the person, what are you going to do now with all this fame and glory you have? And the first thing out of their mouth is, I'm going to Disney World, right? Um, maybe it is the best place on earth. So, I want you to think about this for yourself right now. If you were, if I could, how about this? If I could give you all of the money in the world, all of the wealth, the fame, the glory, your health, if I could give you exactly what you wanted, what would that look like for you? You should think about it for a second. Don't want you to answer me because I have my own answer I'm going to share with you first. Because um, I've had some time to think about it. First of all, I don't know if you know this, but I am an aspiring country singer. Did you all know this? And I would like to tour with Garth Brooks. I actually don't like country music except for Garth Brooks, and that's why I want to tour with him, because I think he's cool. Um, maybe my own private plane. Doesn't that sound good? Yes. Uh, a pool at the parsonage out here. What do y'all think? Because there's no real outdoor pool in Excelsior Springs. Yes? Are you okay with it, trustees? Good. And unlimited access to all of the Marvel characters. Actually, they have to be in costume all the time to hang out with me and my family. What do y'all think? That's pretty good. All the wealth, all the fame, all the glory, that's what I would do. Now, 
children, it'd be totally different. I've got something different planned for them. But my plan seems pretty good, doesn't it? So now I want you to think about your plan and what it is in your plan. Maybe it's not as extravagant as my plan, but think about what your plan would be if you could have everything you ever wanted. What would that look like in your life? Is there something missing right now that you wish that you had? You know, oftentimes um, we think that God is like a, a wishing well. Throw a little money in and wish really hard and God will give you what you want. Or maybe if you're really good, how about that? You ask for God what you want, but you're really good about it, and you promise to continue to be really good so that God should definitely give you what you want. How does that sound? Well, i got to tell you something. Oftentimes, our plans, actually not even oftentimes, all the time, our plan doesn't even compare to the greatness and the goodness of God's plan. Because God's plan doesn't just include ourselves. I mean, it'd be great for me to, to, to hang out with Iron Man whenever I wanted to, but really, how is that moving the purpose of God forward? Right? God's plan includes all of us. And God's plan is better than anything that we could possibly imagine. Anything that we could fathom up. Like, what we don't understand is that God takes these things in our lives, and even if it's bad stuff, even if it's things that are, that are horrible, that are, that are happening to us, he takes that and he helps us to find good in it. And he brings good out of the bad. He's the God who takes Good Friday, the worst possible day, and makes it Easter Sunday. He's a God who can change Anything and a God who has a plan and a purpose for your life. Now, in Romans 8, I want you to get your Bibles back up because we're going to look at this. There's a few different parts of this um, this scripture today that I think it's important for us to, to understand and to have an understanding of. So, if you go to Romans 8 again, verses 26 to 28. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we ought to pray, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. Now, this is kind of a confusing uh, scripture a little bit. What do you mean we don't know what to pray for? Usually, we're pretty good at praying, aren't we? Pretty good at asking for what we need. Sometimes, there are people who have a hard time asking God for anything, but that's not what, the, uh, what Paul is writing about here. Let me read this to you again, and I want you to think about what could Paul actually be saying. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we how to pray as we ought, but the very Spirit intercedes for us. We do not know how to pray as we ought. We don't know what we should be asking for, because we cannot fathom the plan that God has for us. And maybe there's been a time, and there has been in my life, when something so um, emotional has happened, 
Uh, maybe it's the death of a loved one, um, some type of crisis or, or whatever, where you just can't find the words to pray. Have you been there? Yeah. The Spirit also intercedes in that, too. But the Spirit knows that even when we ask for what we want, we don't know what we should pray for. Because God's plan is better than any plan we can ever come up with. This is a, a promise from God. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. This is a promise. That the Spirit intercedes and we don't know what we should be praying for. With sighs too deep for words in God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good. All things work together for good. This one part. For those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. This is a promise that we are living for. That it may not be okay right now, whatever situation that you're in, but it's going to be okay. That you may not feel like God is with you and beside you right now, but God has not abandoned you. That the purpose of your life, um, that God has been involved uh, with that purpose from the beginning, the past, the present, and the future, that promise that even though it may not be okay, it's going to be okay, is a promise that we can take and know that God will deliver. Do you know why? Because, and just only if you hear one thing from me today, God always does what God says God will do. Always. God always does what God says God will do. If God makes a promise, he does not break it. If he tells us that he is working towards good, even in the midst of tragedy in your life, he's going to help you find the good. If he tells you that he's going to be with you and not abandon you, even if you turn away from him, he is there waiting for you. He is in constant pursuit of your heart. Because a God who loves you this much knows your past, your present, your future, and not just yours, but everyone's. And his plan is for good. And the Spirit intercedes for us when we selfishly ask for things that we know nothing about. Paul says it too in in Romans, we do not know what we ought to pray for. Here's the thing. We don't always know what's best for us. Oftentimes, we think, well, if I just had 
a little bit more money, or if I just had a better job, or um, if my children just weren't so bad. I mean, I don't say that about my own children, but maybe you say that about yours. Maybe if this just this just one thing here was better, my life would be better. And God's saying, you're always looking for the grass to be greener on the other side. But he's given us the blessing of living here today. You know, there's this television show, um, all these reality TV shows. Have you seen the one called The Lottery Ruined My Life? Have you seen it? These poor people, um, and, they, and they go about this story about how they've won all this money, which is great, by the way. I personally am going to win the lottery someday. I don't know if you know this about me. Here's the thing. I'm not allowed to play. That's one of the things as a pastor that I'm not allowed to do. I can't go to the votes. I can't do uh, the lottery. I can't, I mean, bingo, seriously. Not even a joke. So if I'm going to win the lottery, the only way that I can win the lottery is if you win the lottery and then promise to give me some money. Can we do that? This is a verbal contract that we're making between all of you. So when you win the lottery, you will give me some money, and that's how I will win the lottery. Now, we think that our lives are just going to be completely, um, uh, you know, great and wonderful with all the money in the world, right? This television show shows us that these people who had problems before still have problems when they have money. Can you imagine? I think that's not true. It is true, though. We think we know what's best for us. God knows what's best for us. He's the God who has the power to bring the good out of the bad. He is the God who takes Good Friday and makes it Easter Sunday. You know, there are lots of promises in the Bible. Um, and like I said, God will always do what God says God will do. He will always follow through with these promises. And I wanted to give you, um, there's five of them that I feel are really important to share. Now, there's lots of promises in the Bible. I'm just giving you my top five, okay? If you want to write this down, this is pretty good, if I do say so myself. <laughs> First promise that God gives us is that God loves us unconditionally. It's true. It's true. He promises to love us, no matter what. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've gone, no matter what we've said, no matter where we were born, no matter what political party we're involved with, no matter if we're Methodist or Baptist or Catholic, God loves us unconditionally. If you're atheist or agnostic, God loves you unconditionally. That's a promise that it cannot be broken from God. The second promise is that when you become a Christian, you are redeemed and you have an eternal home in heaven. You are redeemed and you have an eternal home in heaven. If you ask God to forgive you, Guess what happens? He forgives you. He does not sit back with the list of your wrongdoings to remind you at every turn how he's forgiven you. That's not how God works. 
you are redeemed. When you become a Christian, you have an eternal home in heaven. Third promise. God made you intentional. He has a plan and a purpose for your life, specifically you. If he had you planned before your parents, your parents' generation, if he wanted you to live in this time, in this place, in this um, situation that you're in with the family that you have and the friends that you have and the talents that you have, and he planned it for you to do his work in this world, God planned that for you that would come. You're not just here in this chaos of life with no intention. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. The next one, I actually want you to turn to Scripture with me because this is one of my very favorite Scripture verses. It's one that um, hangs up in my mom and dad's house that I've looked at for years. It's in the book of Jeremiah. Surely, I know the plans I have for you. And not for harm. To give you a future with hope. For surely, I know the plans I have for you. And not for harm. To give you a future. Hoping uh, that I win the lottery, maybe I should pray. Let me just 
don't tell the bishop. Are we recording this? We are recording this. Don't tell Bishop Bob Carr that I think about playing the lottery, okay? Don't tell him. <laughs> Instead of wishing and dreaming of winning the lottery or being the great country singer that soars with Garth Brooks, even though I don't like country music except Garth Brooks, or winning the Super Bowl, maybe next year, Pete's hands. Instead of putting our hopes and dreams into our own plan, the best place on earth, the best thing that we could do to have the best summer ever is to put our hopes and our dreams into God's hands. Can you do that with me today? And I have preached for a lot longer than I meant to, but I get excited about these things. Um, let's pray. Gracious God, Lord, we know that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. Help us to set our plan aside and to, to strive after yours, to focus on you. We ask these things in your awesome name we pray. Amen. All right. You guys want to sing? I know what song you're getting ready to sing. Y'all need to stand up for this.
reckless love of us. Help us, Lord, to know weakness. Help us where we fall short. And help us, Lord, to know that your plan is the best plan. In your awesome name we pray.